Welcome to Passion. For more information about Passion, please visit us online at www.passionchurch.tv. Now let's join the service already in progress. Welcome to one of your own, uh, Reverend Gary Bryan, as he brings the word this morning. Praise the Lord. Good morning. What a wonderful atmosphere of God's presence in this place. Amen. Well, I could have just basked in that for a bit longer, but. All right. Give me all my instructions. Well, it's a joy to be with you today. Would you do me a great big favor? Um, having to walk in the responsibility of being a pastor to pastors. I recognize the, the awesome assignment and the um, tremendous call that rests upon those who give themselves to the preaching and teaching of the gospel and serving good folk like you. The Bible tells us uh, Paul's instruction to uh, his son of the faith, Timothy. He said, those who do that, those who walk out the call of God, those who give themselves as pastors are worthy of double honor. Now, that can be defined um, and demonstrated in a variety of ways. And certainly, I trust that you who are a part of this body, a part of this family, you do that on a consistent basis, most importantly through prayer. But this morning, just as an expression of that, being obedient to the word of the Lord, would you just stand with me and let's give honor to our pastors, Pastor Steve and Julie, for their service to the kingdom and to us. Amen. Amen. We bless you in the name of the Lord. Amen. Please be cognizant of the responsibility as well as the privilege of doing that on an ongoing basis. Uh, It's obvious that uh, the task of shepherding is one that comes with uh, tremendous uh, blessing, but it also comes with uh, tremendous responsibility and and duty, the burden of caring for the flock. The Apostle Paul said, I carry the church in my heart. And uh, we who walk in this understand that. And uh, so I want you to be encouraged, to be a source of encouragement to uh, these great leaders that God has given to this house. It is a pleasure for my wife and I and our children to uh, attend here. As Pastor Steve referenced, I am uh, on the road quite a bit due to my present assignment in ministry. I'm not going to take up a lot of time uh, dealing with that particular uh, issue because I have something very important that I need to share with you today. But I, I do give oversight, serve as uh, national field director, uh, some bring with that the title of bishop, uh, to the Action Day Conference, which is an expression of Evangelism USA of the International Pentecostal Holiness Church. I'm not going to ask anybody to remember that or to repeat that. (coughs) (laughs) What it means is that uh, I am obligated to give oversight to evangelizing and to ministries in about eight different areas of our great nation. Uh, I'm responsible to Alaska, to Hawaii, to the Northwest, to Montana, to Idaho, to the Northern Plains, to Arizona and uh, to the Northeast. Those areas within our church as well as within the body of Christ 
in general are eras where the gospel is restricted and limited. Uh, it's not the Bible Belt. It's not the state of Oklahoma and those particular regions of our nation. Um, the statistic is that 17.5% of American population attends church on any regular basis. Well, that's nothing to hoot and holler over. Less than one out of every five go to church on a regular basis. Lucky it's good to see you in church, sir. You're helping us to keep the statistic increasing. But in the areas that I'm responsible for, it's typically single digits, 5%, 7% go to church on a regular basis. What is a regular basis? Three times a week? No, they base that on two times a month. Now, it would be easy for me to launch off of that particular reality and just talk to you about the condition of our nation spiritually. We know some of the other conditions of our nation that we're all dealing with, but it behooves us, it uh, requires us, it provokes us to be serious about our call, to call upon him, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways then there's a then there's a response there's a duty and then there is God's reciprocating action he will forgive our sins heal our land am I doing something I should not do am I okay is this better am I good all right so just uh, know that uh, we are out there uh, representing you, trying to bring a great harvest to our nation. I believe that there's going to be a great harvest in America. Uh, we sang about that this morning, the Lord of the harvest. And I'm calling on him on a regular basis that he's going to send forth laborers. Uh, maybe out of this house, God will raise up missionaries. And you won't need a passport. God's going to send you to Alaska. God's going to send you to Hawaii. Not just to play in the sand, but to uh, reap a harvest. God's going to send you to the Northwest. I need missionaries in South Dakota and North Dakota. I need missionaries in Arizona. I need some missionaries that I go up to Spokane and to Seattle and to Portland and to Salem and to Cottage Grove. I need some missionaries that will give themselves to the call of God, taking the gospel, the good news, to a nation that is a ripe mission field. Certainly Africa, India, Asia, Central South America are such, but America, the United States of America, is a ripe mission field, and we need missionaries who will hear the call of God and be like the prophet. Hear, my Lord, send me, use me, work through me. So if uh, that ever um, provokes your heart, you hear from the Lord, you need an open door, an opportunity to someone to share with, certainly go through your pastor, and hopefully he'll bleed you down to me and and uh, we'll talk about it and see what the Lord might have to say in regards to that. I'm honored to be given the privilege to share the word of the Lord today. I thank you, Pastor, for that privilege. And uh, I'm not as, as skilled and qualified as Pastor Steve in his presentation of the word of the Lord. But I do believe I have a word from the Lord. So that's kind of the more important dynamic, isn't it? Uh, if you're wondering where this accent comes from, I'm not an Okie. Uh, I know some of you are already dealing with that everywhere I go, uh, on the airplane, uh, at the hotel, 
in churches across the nation around the world. Where are you from? I'm from Virginia, born in Lynchburg, Virginia, from the central part of the state, and there's a distinct dialect that comes out of that part of our nation that has no English uh, connection to it, so I'm, a, I'm all about the oat and the boat and the host and the moose. So I uh, hope that's not offensive. Just bear with me and try to hear through all of that, and uh, we'll be the Lord, in spite of that, can speak to us today. In your Bibles, uh, Psalm 67 I'm going to use this uh, somewhat as a preamble, as an initial stepping off point, a platform to present what I believe is uh, a, a word that God will speak into your hearts today. And I believe, Pastor, as my wife and I have been praying, and it's so much a joy to be in worship with my wife. We don't get to do that always, so when that privilege is granted, we enjoy it very much. Our children are in Tennessee at the Fire and Ice uh, youth uh, event this weekend, so that's the reason for their absence. But we were praying this week that God would break forth in, in some fresh revelation. Could you, could you receive some fresh revelation today? Would you be open to that? Uh, we can only go as far as our revelation allows us. You can only grow in God as your revelation increases. The Apostle Paul prayed of the church at Ephesus that the spirit of wisdom and revelation would rest upon them. But it doesn't end there. The continuation of that prayer was that we might know him better. So how many wants to know him better? I think that's probably a unanimous response. In light of that, then it is mandatory that our revelation increase. You cannot rest or reside in yesterday's revelation and draw closer to God. You've got to increase your level of understanding, and we do that through the truth being broken open to us in new ways. Revelation is basically, in layman's terminology, an increase of light. There's some pretty good light right here where I'm standing, but in your seated area it's a little dim so we need to increase the light the truth in our lives so that we can have new revelation to walk in so spirit of God today from the youngest to the oldest break in on us with some fresh revelation if we were to uh caption our sharing with you today would be a, a very common phrase, blessed to be a blessing, blessed to be a blessing. Now, don't go to sleep on me because of the familiarity of that. Again, I'm believing the, the wattage is going to increase, and we'll see some things maybe we've never seen before. Psalm 67, may God be gracious to us and bless us. And make his face shine upon us that your ways may be known on earth, your salvation among all nations. Uh, I'm going to pause there for the sake of time and emphasis. And from a thought pattern we establish here, we're going to venture to another passage of Scripture. But are you okay today with this prayer of the psalmist being fulfilled in your life? Okay, well, let's consider it again. May God be gracious to us. Everybody okay with that? You open for God's grace to be uh, unfolded in your life, uh, to walk in a, another level of grace? God be gracious to us. 
uh, truth of the matter is, if he's not, then we're all in some deep trouble. So God, please honor the prayer and be gracious to us. In fact, we can declare it as truth. God is gracious to us. So God, be gracious to us and bless us. You cool with that? Uh, willing to take your portion? As God divvies that out, you want your share? And God, bless us and make his face shine upon us. Now hold that thought. We will... Uh, entertain that more a little bit later on and make his face shine upon us what could that possibly mean I trust your inquisitiveness increases as we spend a little more time together here today verse 2 that your ways may be known on earth your salvation among all nations God's blessing 101. We can entertain that from this perspective. And we discover here the reason that God blesses us. Not for our own selfish wants. Not so that we can heap upon ourselves our own desires and cravings. Not that we can even brag and give God praise for them. The purpose of the blessing of God upon our life is so that the nations come to know Him. The reason that God would exert His grace toward us, the reason that He would bless you specifically and corporately, the reason that He would cause His face to shine upon us, yes, of course, for our own good, for our well-being, and all the dynamics that that brings to the table, but the priority based on this passage is that God blesses you and I so that we can make known His ways to all the nations on the earth. Now, it is extremely important that we comprehend that reality. Because there is this tendency within the body of Christ to observe the blessings of God from a very fragmented and spoiled perceptive. We have a tendency to seek and pursue and desire and receive the blessing of God for our own personal benefit. Not saying that that's not okay but that's not God's motivation. That's not God's intent. That's not God's heart. Now, with that established, let me ask the question, and then we'll move to the book of Numbers. What does it mean to be blessed of God? What does it mean when we say, God has blessed me? You know, we're very familiar it's common language within the ranks of the church. Shake my hand. God bless you. The Lord bless you. How you doing? No, you're supposed to say I'm blessed. Okay, give the program. It's one in every crowd. Right, we're familiar with that, aren't we? We, we say that without even thinking. Have you been blessed this week? And we automatically, 
Has the Lord blessed you? I bless you. I said it earlier. I caught myself saying it to our pastors. We bless you. Please, somebody tell me what does that mean? Have you ever given any consideration to the understanding or the definition of the Lord's blessing? Oh, yes, I got an increase in pay. There's food on my table, there's shoes on my feet, there's roof over my head. I'm saved, sanctified, and filled with the Holy Ghost. I'm in a passing grade in biology. I didn't get caught for what I did wrong. You know, we had this long list of God's blessings, don't we? Now, let's interrupt the regular scheduled program, and let's consider this in a more detailed fashion. When we talk about the blessing of God, it must be from a universal perspective. What it means to be blessed of God cannot mean something different in America than what it means in Africa. It cannot mean something different in Asia than it does in El Salvador. The blessing of God cannot mean something different than someone who lives in a thatched roof hut on the backside of a dark continent as opposed to someone who lives in a palace in a luxurious land. It must somehow mean the same thing. Now, see, most of us have never considered that, have we? Nor had I until the Lord began massaging this in my own heart. So what does it mean to be blessed of God? How could it register the same to someone that's in a closed country today that who's who's oppressed by the government and dictators that does not give freedom of worship, how could they say that they are blessed when the preaching of the gospel or the calling upon the name of Jesus or singing a song of holy will cause persecution and isolation, imprisonment, and even death? How could they say they are blessed as opposed to saying we are blessed here in a free land and a beautiful sanctuary with great environment and powerful worship and the opportunity to say Jesus freely? How can the one who begs on the street for the next meal for survival say I'm blessed? as opposed to those of us who have cabinets and counters filled with basically any and everything we need or want. Can they say they're blessed? Can we say we're blessed? If Scripture is true, and there's no contradiction concerning that, then we must determine what it means be blessed of the Lord. The Lord bless you. Lucky are you blessed? You sure? You confident of that? Okay. Now he's confused. Good. Because maybe out of confusion we can bring some understanding. Psalm 67 is a great passage. Take a homework assignment, read through that, give it more time and attention, and it'll bless your heart. It talks even more about the blessing of the Lord. If you'll turn to Numbers chapter 6, 
the book of Numbers, chapter 6. We want to complete this train of thought. In this, you'll be able to satisfy the uh, ingredients there before you in your bulletin. The passage that we have before us is one of the most uh, familiar portions of Scripture in the entirety of the Bible. This particular portion of Scripture is off-quoted and probably the most quoted passage uh, around the world today. There are many, many churches that will either open or conclude their services or sometime doing their services. They will uh, announce and declare this blessing as an introduction or as a benediction. They will speak this over the congregations and those who are present and will all affirm and say yes and amen. Numbers chapter 6 beginning with verse 22. The Lord said to Moses, tell Aaron and his sons, this is how you are to bless the Israelites. This is how you are to bless the Israelites. This is how you are to bless. I'm repeating myself intentionally. There's that word again. Say to them, the Lord bless you. <laughs> I'm scratching my head. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. You all are familiar with that, correct? You've heard that. You may have memorized that. You may declare that over your life, over your home, over your family on a consistent basis. You may pray that often. Let's take a few moments and let's dissect this. Is that all right? And we're going to discover, say, I'm going to discover what the Lord means, what the Bible means when it says the Lord bless you or what you mean from this point forward when you say, I am blessed. You're going to leave here today with a revelation of understanding and it will never, ever, never, ever, never be the same again. You believe that? She believes that. All right. So, here we go. The Lord said to Moses, who said it? Talk to me now. I'd like for you to talk back. It gives me a little bit of energy. The Lord said to Moses, now it's very important that we recognize that, establish that as a foundation point of understanding as we move forward in this passage. The Lord said to Moses, the Lord here is the word for God, or the name for God, Jehovah. Jehovah is the redemptive name for God. It is the name of God that he gave to himself for our benefit that would help us better understand how God wants to be in relationship with us. Now, in Psalm 67, it said, Psalmist praying, God be gracious to you and bless you. That was the name for God, Elohim, which is the God of the universe, the universal God. That's a whole lot different than the Lord as referenced here in Numbers, meaning Jehovah God. This is God saying to you and I, hey, I want to be a part of your life. You're very familiar, I'm sure, with uh, a number of the references, particularly in the Old Testament, of Jehovah. 
we are very familiar with the compound names of Jehovah, aren't we? Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Rapha, Jehovah Tzitkanu, Jehovah Mkadesh, Jehovah Rohi, Jehovah Shalom. You're familiar with those, right? All of those giving us an understanding as God defines himself again for our benefit of the kind of God he is and the kind of God he wants to be in our lives. God wants to be your provider. God wants to be your healer. God wants to be your victory. God wants to be your righteousness. God wants to be with you all the time. God wants to be your shepherd. The Lord, Jehovah, is my shepherd. I shall not won't. He wants to be a part, intricate, delicate, intense, dynamic, ongoing, every day, 24-7 part of my life. Not just while I'm in the confines of a sanctuary, not when I'm just around believers, but every day, all the time, when I rise up, when I lie down, go out, come in. Jehovah God wants to be a part of who I am and what I'm doing. Good times, bad times, right, wrong, up, down, negative, positive. Jehovah He wants to be in my living room, my bedroom, my kitchen. He wants to be up in my business because he loves me that much. <laughs> Jehovah. So the Lord said, who is the Lord? Oh, good. You, you redeemed yourself. The Lord, Jehovah, said to Moses, tell Aaron and his sons, this is how you are to bless the Israelites say to them, this is God's idea. This is God's concept. This is God's original thought. It wasn't the charismatic world that came up with the idea of blessing. God originated this. So he knows most about it, right? The Lord bless you. Now, we could quickly move on and about to say yes and amen, pour it on God. <laughs> the more the merrier. I'm open. I'm available. I'm like a funnel. Bring it to me, God. I'll be an aqueduct, a gutter. I'll be a source of supply. Just get it to me, and I'll get it out. Blessed to be a blessing. But what does it mean? The Lord bless you. Does anybody want to know what that means? I have wet your appetite intensely over and over. I have repeated myself. I have been redundant to my own long-suffering. Trying to generate this interest in your spirit as to what that really means because we have no concept. The Lord bless you. Did you know? that the first thing that God did after he created Adam and Eve, go to Genesis chapter 1. You'll read it there for yourself. I'm not massaging it to fit into this message. It's what the book says. The first thing that God did after he created them, male and female, the Bible says, and he blessed them. Man, I cannot comprehend what God would have done. Perfect people, perfect world, made after his image, everything they ever needed, they had. What could he have done more than had already been done? Somebody, please tell me. He blessed them. Sorry, Steve, don't do that. I get excited. I get beyond myself. 
move a few chapters in advance. God speaks to Abram, calls him and says, Hey, follow after my command. Do as I ask you and I'm going to bless you. Now we all know about Abram becoming Abraham. I mean, he was the wealthiest man in the known world. He had everything he needed. So obviously the blessing of God must supersede possessions and things and monies and cars and boats and houses and planes and stuff. If the... If life does not consist in the abundance of things which we have a tendency to use as the border, the boundary, the definition of God's blessing, and God's blessing must be more than stuff. So the Lord bless you, God told Abram.